Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I'm Connie, along with my personal therapist, Meg. She is going to tell us about Randy Stare tonight. Randy. Randy. You got it. Randy. Randy. Like a trailer park horse. Boys. 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 I have... A special place in my heart for Trailer Park Boys, <laughs> Bob's Burgers, and King of the Hill. <laughs> I love Bob's Burgers and King of the Hill. I Sometimes I'll watch Trailer Park Boys, but sometimes I'm just like, I can't watch this show anymore. We just had a conversation about Bob's Burgers because my family dynamic is way more like Bob's Burgers than I would like it to be. Which one's Jane? Owen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you know. Yeah, I know that what you one. mean. <laughs> and then my oldest is Tina. <laughs> Every time he talks about his girlfriend now, I'm like, it's like Jimmy Jr. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Ah, uh, young love. Mm. We all put our bra on one boob at a time. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about my situation today and I have to just say it because it was so awkward and so funny and only other awkward people will find it as funny. I had to get for all of our listeners who've been super concerned about my shoulder, which I really <laughs> appreciate. I went to the doctor today after months and I got an x-ray and an MRI. But when I went for the x-ray, I wear like uh, blue scrubs to work like the ones you see like on Grace Anatomy like the surgical ones and they have no metal or anything on them well I get to the x-ray and I work at the hospital where I was getting the x-ray and she said oh great you're in scrubs you don't have to change you just need you just have to um, take off your bra like does it have snaps on it and I was like yeah she's like you just have to take it off I didn't know she was gonna be like in the dressing room so I pulled the old college switcheroo <laughs> and unsnapped it and pulled it out of my sleeve I was like all right I'm ready she was like oh we have a dressing room <laughs> you're like nope don't need that <laughs> you might as well have just like twist it around your head and thrown it at her <laughs> hang that up for me <laughs> oh that is embarrassing but, but I hilarious think when you breastfeed like and you're just so used to just like so many strangers see it. You just whip this thing out. It's fine. Like, no, and no then when I got, we're done. Like when I was done, she was like, okay, well, there is a dressing room right outside the room to put your bra back on. I was thinking in my head, I was literally about to just put it on because <laughs> I there's going to stick it in my pocket and run out of the door as fast as I, I was. Could. I was, I'll put it on when I get back up to my office and you know, I was just going to stick it in my purse and walk around. Let's be honest. You can't tell. It's not like there's nothing. There's nothing too crazy happening in there. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I digress. Let's uh, get into this. That was a great story. It was. Yeah. I'm glad this... that you found humor in it earlier. When <laughs> I did, it made me laugh a lot when you texted. Oh man. Okay. So so so. I want to preface this with our usual trigger warning, but also a note. That this episode will likely shift into discussions about a specific current case that I'm thinking about, but it's not closed and it really hasn't even started. Uh, and we'll probably Ooh. compare it to other cases as well, because I'm going to talk about a mass shooting. Oh, so those triggers are suicide, murder, confinement, mass murder, school shootings. Those are your trigger warnings for the day. It's a rough one. And I know that you guys all probably know which one I'm talking about. That will, that I think it'll come up. So, I know Office fans will recognize the town of Scranton, Pennsylvania, right? You know what I'm Scranton. talking about. That's a I real place. Only, I thought the only crime there was the Scranton Strangler. I didn't know <laughs> that. Like, well, this one is about 40 miles northish of the very real city of Scranton in a town of about 1,700 people called Tuckanock. And I think I said that right. But Pennsylvanians, if I didn't, you let me know. There's going to be 1,700 and people pissed off at you. <laughs> there is. 
and we talk about our hometown a lot, which is small, rural Indiana town. Rural. Rural. But the population of that town is like five or 6,000 people. So this is much smaller. Wow. Yeah, that's – when you say it like that, that's, yeah. that's really small. Mm-hmm. Because we're and like I a two-stoplight town. Yeah. And, well, I was looking at this uh, Tuckanook. Tuckanook? On I think map. that sounds right. It kind of seems like a drive-through town. There's, there's, it has a Walmart and an Aldi, but it has a lot of highways going through it. Oh, so okay. maybe it's just got like all the big stuff that you just like drive through to get to other places. Um, still a small town that was thoroughly rocked when, on June seventh, twenty seventeen, an overnight employee locked the doors, blockaded the exits, and then murdered several of his fellow employees. Not cool, Randy. Randy? Randy Stare was born on September 17th, 1992. He lived in Dallas, Pennsylvania, about 30 miles away uh, from this small town with his family. He had a mom, dad, I think a brother. And at school, he wasn't a popular kid when he was in school. He kind of flew under the radar. He did claim that he was bullied throughout middle school and high school. Um, but that really didn't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't. I'm saying that it's not suggested that this was the major factor that made this kid snap. Um, so Randy in 2008 started a YouTube channel and he seemingly found his passion in life with this. He loved it. He posted all the time. He started going by a moniker, Andrew Blaze on his Pioneer Productions channel Uh, And he would just put content out. And he did this for seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah. From like the time he was probably like 13 or 14 until he was well into his 20s. So it was mostly a vlog, but sometimes he would do like weird little skits. Uh, But over time, the older he got, he became very withdrawn from his real life And he kind of shifted gears from these skits and these silly things that he was doing into creating um, OC, which is original content. Uh, And he created it about a character that he was obsessed with. And the character was from Danny Phantom, the cartoon Danny Phantom. So I guess. And, you know, Danny Phantom came a little bit after, like, my cartoon like yeah, that level I, of cartoon. I miss Danny Phantom. I feel like our brothers were Danny Phantom age. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because I remember and, my brother was kind of into it. Yeah. So he, this guy's born in '92, so it's about that same age. Yeah, it's just the, like a couple age. years off. Um. So there's a character in Danny Phantom. Her name is Ember, and she is a ghost girl. Okay. And he says in one of his YouTube videos that the first moment he saw Ember. As like a kid, something clicked in him that he felt different. And in much later videos after that, Randy references the fact that he had what he referred to as a femme soul. He wasn't a boy. He was a woman trapped in a boy's body. And he always had been. He shaved all of his body hair. He peed sitting down. He wore women's clothing, including like before he was an adult, he would put his mom's clothing on when she wasn't there. And I'm, he said he was a cross-dresser. And I'm using his own words there because he specifically did not want to call himself transgender. He just wanted to say that he was a woman, which, fair, you know? Yeah, whatever. Choice. Yeah, Whatever you need to do. Um, in fact, in several of his journal, journal entries, he said he was homophobic, Ooh. which was why he didn't want to say he was transgender. I don't know. I think there's probably a little bit of self-hatred or self-loathing going on there. Yeah, and but... it'd be interesting to see the family dynamic, how it was like, um, like how different sexualities were portrayed in his family and like how they were spoken about. And I know like coming from small town, it is not always the most accepting Open. group yeah. of people. So he said that he hated his dad. That was pretty much it. It wasn't. Maybe Mm. I didn't get to read about a specific part, but he said he started hating his dad in 2013. That was what he claimed. Um, Okay. I don't know. I think just what he maybe meant when he said something clicked after seeing this character was that he wanted to be this character. Like he saw himself 
it wasn't that he like loved her, but that like he realized that was what he wanted to maybe look like or feel like or be like. Whatever the case, he formed a very unhealthy attachment to this character, Ember. And he started making animated videos of her. Uh, he also started adding his own original characters in. He had his own Andrew Blaze that he would animate himself in with them. Uh, he had one who he said was his soulmate. He named her Mackenzie West. There was one named Rachel. And these were all ghost girls. They were recruiting him, Andrew Blaze, to be in Ember's ghost squad. This was this whole weird fan fiction thing he came up with. He also created Twitter accounts for all of these separate characters. And he would be at the helm of all of these Twitter accounts tweeting at each other. Oh, like, that's them- too much. Yeah. For anyone. That's too much for anyone. I have yeah. the podcast Instagram and my own Instagram and I. It's too much. <laughs> too but, much. But he was pretty withdrawn from everyone. He didn't really hang out with anyone. All he had was his YouTube essentially and what I he was doing for becomes, YouTube. I think that's when it becomes an unhealthy obsession. Yeah. And from 2014, when he started this to 2017, these conversations that he was having with his original characters on Twitter, they were getting darker and darker and kind of alluding to something life changing and happening. Like, uh, set your, or watch your calendars. You're not going to want to miss this. Lots of stuff like that. In 2016, he began working on this big final project that he was talking about for them, except people started dropping out of the project after he hired them to do it he would hire like a voice actress and she never sent him the stuff and he hired an animator and they didn't want, they didn't feel comfortable with the content because the project was titled Westboro High Massacre slash goodbye, which is a direct reference to Columbine because in addition to being obsessed with this idea that he had created about being recruited into another dimension to be with his ghost girls, he was also obsessed with, Eric Harris and Dylan, the Columbine school shooters. He was in forums about them, talking about what they did, talking about the students that were shot, what was happening. He idolized Eric especially. Um, But this animation he was working on was himself as Andrew Blaze and one of the ghost girls, Rachel, shooting up a high school. And the animators quit because they were like, "Mm, no. Yeah, no, it's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, and that's the sane reaction i believe so he's working on this and the whole time he's doing this he's posting vlog videos uh, alluding that he's planning something that he's going to die soon that he wants to die so that he can cross dimensions that you know that earth doesn't matter he starts talking about wanting to murder people wanting to do something big and when i decided to do this case i didn't I didn't plan how much that watching these actual videos, because you can still watch them. You can That's still weird. see see them. Um, they really translate into understanding this case. So after you're done listening to this episode, if you want to see them, because there's a ton of them, like a lot, uh, you can, there's a, there's a documentary on YouTube called uh, YouTuber Turned Mass Murderer. It's from Explore With Us. It's got a whole bunch of views. It's really good. Um, it's informative. There are some inaccuracies I found, but like just a couple. Uh, did it, he, prior to ha- like the uh, mass shooting, did he uh, have a strong following on YouTube or was it? So he did have a following, yes. And okay. there were people that watched his stuff regularly he said that when he started doing youtube it was just to get famous but as he continued to do it and people started it really started to affect the people and like really change people's perception or like bring joy to people that was really what kept driving him to do it but he was he never had enough to like make it a career so he worked at this grocery store and he really resented that because that's what he wanted to do and he couldn't do it and he felt like he had failed at doing the thing that he really wanted to do. But this whole time he has this following and he's posting these videos talking about how he wants to commit a murder, how he wants to die, 
all of this stuff and no one reported him. Not one time. Not even once. And they get progressively more bold as time goes on. Like he wants someone to notice. He bought three white shirts with the words natural selection printed on them. The same shirt that Eric Harris wore. Uh, He bought shotguns. He had his mom buy the first one with him. And then he bought a second one. And in his journal, he details like he can't believe his mom hasn't noticed yet. Why hasn't she asked any questions? How does she not see something happening? Like a huge cry for help. Yes, exactly. It is a please someone pay attention because this is a 24 year old man now at this point. Yeah. But he is acting like not like a like a kid, like maybe a teenager. He's emotionally stunted. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, he again he posted another video about how he couldn't believe how people that people would let him buy it. He was like, "I bought it. I got. I have my own shotgun." He's very excited. He's talking about how these people will inevitably regret letting him get these guns. He named I, them. Go ahead. I have so many feelings about that that I feel like we will talk about at the end. So again, linking it back to Eric from Columbine, he names them. He wraps the handles in duct tape. He carved the name into his gun. He named his guns Mackenzie and Rachel, like his characters. And he's still he's still talking about what he's going to do. He doesn't know when, but he does know when. He starts to plan a date. Initially, he used the letters, which was EGS, um, and like their letter number or number letter in the alphabet, whatever they were. It was like, it was essentially uh, six, seven, 19. So he wanted to commit this murder on June 7th, 2019, but it was too far away. He didn't want to wait that. So he decided that he would do it June 7th, that same year, 2017. Uh, He said that when he was in the other dimension during the eternal war, he would be laughing his white ghost female ass off. Again, his words. Because he really felt that when he died, he would shift into this alternate dimension and become a real part of his ghost crew that he had created. Like it's becoming, it seems as though it became very real to him. So again, he wrote these very detailed journals about why he wanted to murder. He hated his dad. He felt like he was nothing without YouTube. And I'll post some of the journal entries on our Patreon as bonus content, but it is very dark. Uh, Inevitably, he put on this long Facebook post on his cartoons page, and it says, these are going to be the longest 17 days of my life. And he put those up in May. Uh, And then he goes into the detail about dropping the content, all the content he's ever made. He's going to put it into one place for free and tells everyone, mark your calendars for June 7th. And he posts a video on June 6th, which was him walking through the grocery store that he worked at. And it's literally titled Supermarket Tour, June 7th, the day before the shooting. Titled that on YouTube. These daily videos accompanied his journals, just more internal thoughts about how he was going to return to a spiritual body. The girl inside of him was trying to claw her way out. So essentially we know, we know what's going to happen. Uh, It's he has premeditated it for months and it literally came down to a coin toss. He made a video of himself flipping a coin and best two out of three. If it was heads, he would murder his family at home. If it was tails, he would, do the murder at the supermarket. So he was going to murder regardless. Just- yes. He he had said he just needed to do it. He didn't care who. He didn't care when. He just, he had to get back to his spiritual body. And this was the way he had to do it. He didn't care who had to go down for it. So his first flip was tails. Second flip was heads. Third was tails. Supermarket. And on June 7th, 2017, Randy Stair went to work at the Weiss's grocery store that he had employed at for seven years. Before leaving that day, he packed a duffel bag with his two pistol grip shotguns. He worked the overnight shift, so he had keys. He knew the alarm codes. 
he said in his videos that he wanted it to be on surveillance. And at 11 p.m. when he arrived, he began doing his normal routine as he barricaded the exits and locked all the doors when no one was looking. He went to the back, got his duffel bag, pulled out the shotguns and began walking through the store, murdering his co-workers one at a time. He killed 63-year-old Terry Sterling, 47-year-old Navy vet Brian Hayes, and 26-year-old Victoria Sterling. But there was another girl working that night, Kristen Newell. Kristen actually did a podcast interview like a year after this happened. Um, there were a lot of things reported in the media about how she responded to what had happened. And a lot of them, like pretty much all of them were incorrect. In her words, she, well, in their words, they said that she was totally unaware and unoblivious and that he had watched her for like five minutes before she walked away to keep doing her job because she had headphones in. So she didn't even know what was going on. And that wasn't true. Kristen was actually in the same aisle as Victoria when Victoria was murdered. So they were on the cashier side of the store, which, you know, if you're in the store, mm -hmm. the cashiers are at the front. They had headphones in. They were placing tags overnight. And as Victoria walked over to get some of the tags, Kristen said, she heard popping sounds and a thud. And when she turned around, she made eye contact with Randy that he was just standing there staring at her. And Victoria was on the ground and she watched as he shot her two more times. She said they stared at each other for a few seconds and he just walked off into the next aisle and she froze and was like, this is a prank. This has to be a prank. Yeah. But she called out. Realized she wasn't moving, so she moved toward her to try to see if she was still alive. And she was, so her motivation became, I need to get help. She called 911 from inside the store, and then she ran to hide behind the self-checkout. But she could still see Randy moving around with the gun, so she continued to run toward the front of the store. And she was able to get through pallets that were blocking the door, unlock the door, and get outside. And when she was outside, she hid behind a bush until police arrived. And um, that part really resonated with me because I remember when I was, after I was abducted, when I was running after I escaped, every bush I saw I was hiding behind, like trying to look and see yeah. if that person was coming. Um, so I, I know that that was terrifying. And I, in three minutes, he fired off 59 rounds, just blowing them into... He tried to blow up the building by shooting, um, what do they call propane tanks? He tried to, he was just blowing stuff up on the shelves. He had killed the, the people inside other than Kristen. And he inevitably took his own life in the deli section just as he had planned. Um, and the next day, they said that it was, that, that, that the person who had come in and done this was was straight was a stranger but it wasn't it was he had worked there for a long time i guess his dad used to be a store manager at that same store and he randy had said that he did not like the overnight store manager and that he was going to leave for a new job soon so he had a very small window of time in which he could do this with very specific people in mind mm. i yeah. wonder why he didn't kill her i don't know i was kind of talking through this case with my husband over not over dinner, but while I was making dinner. And he was like, do you think he just like liked her or something? And I was like, maybe they were friends, you know, maybe that she just had a connection with him and had talked to him enough that he felt like no, or I don't know. I don't think there's any way maybe to know. Maybe she was also an outsider. Yeah, like, something. Because there is a reason. I mean, we may, obviously we're probably never going to know, but there was a reason, especially if they like stared at each other. Cause he had every opportunity, every opportunity right then. Yeah. And maybe he wanted to leave someone to like, you know, oh, yes. report his, you know, sick. Yeah. Sing his story, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, Unfortunately, there really isn't a, I mean, police went and seized all of his information, but a lot of that stuff was already had posted before he had committed those murders. He went like moments before he texted his mom and he posted all that stuff he said he was going to post online. So this is the part of the episode where I think we're going to 
polarize some of our listeners. Yeah, that's kind of that was kind of my warning where I was like, uh, we're gonna have feelings on this, so let's do it. I'm putting the boots on because shit's gonna get crazy, and I am just like kind of trying to thicken my skin a little bit because I know people are gonna be pissed off with with some of the things, our opinions. But I think I don't even like it's. We don't usually go into conversations like this where I know people are going to like be upset with what we think. And yeah. it's kind of scary. Like it's kind of like makes me feel a little vulnerable. <laughs> You're like, uh, sorry guys. But uh, I do not think you should be able to post all of that. I mean, we obviously have a platform where we can say whatever the hell we want. It comes with consequences if you know, like we could say whatever we want and it's not monitored. I can do whatever I want. And we've gotten grumpy mail before because of it. And that's okay. Like, yeah. And I want to be aware of what people are feeling about what we're saying. I think freedom of speech is a beautiful thing. Freedom of the, like, I think it's a great thing, but if you're posting stuff like that with those direct titles, Something needs to be done. It should not be that easy to post those kinds of things and nothing ever be done about it. I also feel the same way about child porn, but that's a whole different conversation. That's another episode. I do not feel like you should be able to be that blunt and that blatantly like I'm going to kill people and it just be like, oh, yeah, but post to YouTube. Honestly, if anyone would have noticed, if anyone would have taken him seriously and mm-hmm. done, like maybe that would have been. Mm-hmm. He said that he did not believe in like counseling or therapy because it changed who you truly were. But like, if that was court mandated therapy or something, like he was required to have it, I think maybe something could have changed there he said that nothing could have nothing could have changed his mind he wanted and to i be truly in- believe that i truly believe there are people no like he definitely I, put himself into that space yes and i do believe that there are gonna be we we talk about it every week there are horrible people in the world where no matter what you do for them they're going to find a way to be horrible people in the world he was going to find a way to kill a bunch of people, whether he had that ease of access to guns or not. I truly believe that when you can't, you can't stop that kind of stuff. I do think it should not be as easy. I, and I I should preface this with, I completely support everybody's right to have guns. I mean, we have a gun. I know how to shoot a gun. I am all for it. But that being said, it shouldn't be as easy as it is to just go to a damn store like, hey, I have YouTube <laughs> I would channels. I like to buy this. Like I that I understand the reasoning, like why, like I understand the Second Amendment. Like don't shove that down my damn throat. I understand it. <laughs> I just it is insane to me that it is as easy as it is to buy a gun. Yeah, and well, that's why. I was thinking about Michigan as I was writing this and the school shooting that just happened in Michigan. And it is awful and tragic. And the way that those parents treated that boy's Mm. gun ownership is not okay. But do I think that parents should be allowed to buy their kids guns and shoot with them? Yeah. If they're responsible, if they're smart and safe about it. Yes. Yeah, I I do. It goes back to the age old, like, talk to your kids. Like, you know your kids better than anyone, or you should. Like, you should know your kids. I understand, like, he was not a child. But you don't develop a mental illness because I, regardless, even if it wasn't diagnosed, you do not decide to have a, like, mass murder people. You do not decide to murder anyone without some form of a mental illness. That doesn't just start overnight. Like, obviously, this was years and years and years in the making. In this case, too, like, there are videos of him, like, as a kid, pretty much talking about death, like, suicide ideation and, you know, just... Yeah. Like, like, at some point... (sighs) It is amazing what the situation could have been. Like, it's crazy to think about, like, the situation, what, 
could have been had his mom be like, uh, one, we're going to take away your damn YouTube channel. Like, get the fuck off the computer. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're an adult at that point, too, you know, but he had been doing it for seven. Yeah, know, like five you're years before he was an adult. This yeah. is, I. I try not to victim blame and I always use that blanket term because I feel like the family members of serial killers, murderers, mass shooters, they are victims as well. Yeah. And and it's not fair when people take out their anger at that killer on their family members, maybe their family members, you know, had something to do with that, but that's not our place to decide that, you know? No. And it's, I do think what is happening again, other, this may be like another thing that I do think what, how they're handling it in Michigan is 100% appropriate because at a certain point you have to be held responsible for what your kids do. Like you have to, you have to. And you need to be a responsible gun owner in that. Like you need to lock that stuff up. You need to know where it is at all times. I will be 100% honest. We have a gun in our house right now, and I have no idea where the hell it is. Like, I don't know (laughs) where it is. My kids don't know where it is. It is locked up in, like, one of those crazy lock things, hidden away. Like, we – do I know how to shoot it? I hope, like, if I ever have to. (laughs) I know I can, like – my husband's easily, like, available, but I – I look at like my son who's 11 and I know there are kids his age that go hunting and my son is not of a maturity level to even under, I mean, I can't even, it's but not there. there are families where like, that's a part of their family yeah. culture. Like and that's what not, they do. Yeah. And I one, I mean, we have friends who they're, I mean, they are very responsible gun owners. You have to be a responsible gun owner. And I am not saying that there should be, uh, prohibition where you're going to line up and everyone's going to take your guns. Cause I do not believe that at all. I do think you, sh- you can carry a gun. Like, I think you should be able to open yeah, carry. Because in if order you're to do that, you have to be like educated. You have to exactly. know what the hell you're doing. Exactly. I would prefer it if people had carry permits because then at least they've gone through that training and education to know what they should be doing or what should be happening. I think that the open carry gets like, mm, like, all right, you don't need a freaking hunting rifle walking around Walmart. That's obnoxious and ridiculous. And that's just like shoving it down people's throats. Like I have a gun. I have a gun. We have one of the nicest, sweetest friends and she carries and she carries it in her like holster on her back. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was shocked. I was like, mm-hmm. <gasps> she was like, yeah, you have to have quick access, but like, yeah. you would never know. You have no, no idea I, for that. Like I, and honestly, in my opinion, I would rather it be concealed just so someone's not like, Hey, take her out first because you can see she clearly has a gun. She would <laughs> be a threat that guy out with the foot. With his I, two of them strapped across his back. and <laughs> I am fully, like, I fully support defending your house, your kids, your family. If someone comes in my door and I can find my gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I can find it. I think that's kind of the point. But that people do use it as an excuse, though. They're like, well, exactly. I got to have it in my nightstand. I'm like, no, nightstand's not okay. No. No, not, not unless you not have unless that. unless it's locked. Not unless it's, like, in a lockbox. No one has the key. Like, our kids do not even know we have a gun in our house. And that's the way I like to keep it right now because they're not, they're, they're they babies. Weren't brought, yeah. And they weren't brought up around guns. We don't hunt. Like we don't, there's no reason for my 11 year old to like go out shooting right now. There's no reason for it because it's what, like he doesn't need to. When he's older, will my husband take him? You know, absolutely. Like I, I do think you should know how to safely and smart. Like, be smart about it. And I just think that if you know that maybe the situation is you get called because your son is looking at ammunition in class or he's drawing very dark pictures and you're just more pissed off that you got called into yeah, school I know. from he work. He can stay here. That's you crazy. You should. Abs- and honestly, 
They're like, you have to I, put him in counseling in 48 hours, but he can stay at school for the no. next like four. No, just take no. him home. No, they. That was every, neglect. Absolutely. And honestly, I read again, you know, there's so many articles about like the Michigan shooting right now that I've read that the school counselor and like school officials are going to be held accountable as well. And I also fully support that because they just sent his ass back to class and and that, yeah, you're like, hey, we want you to take him home. And when they were like, no, we're not taking him home. They were like, eh, okay. He can <laughs> go back to class. That's fine. Like, no, if he can't. Ah, what? Because let's be realistic. He was what, 15? He's 15? I don't know exactly. I don't have yeah, I think he's 15. Accurate answer for you. You, the school counselor had said that they in regards to like being at home alone or being at school, they thought he was safer at school. No, he's 15. Send his ass home to an empty house. Like get him out of that school because clearly he is a threat. Yeah, like he there is are a threat. Other people's babies in there that And at what point do parents like walk into a school and ref- like I have never heard being like no, my kids not I'm not taking my kid yeah. home. That's what I was thinking too. Like if my parents were called to school when I was a kid and they were like, Hey, they're doing this. It's like, not, it doesn't feel safe. It feels bad. You need to get them help very soon. I'm pretty confident. My parents would have been like, let's go home. We need to talk. Yeah. And honestly, at that point, if the parent is flat out refusing, I would have called CPS right then. Like yeah, or at least or like a police officer to be like, exactly. hey, we need like surveillance on this kid for the yeah. rest of the day until his parents decide you that can pick him up from out. the courthouse or whatever. Like it's that whole situation had so many steps that were preventable. Like both yep. of these cases have so many steps where it could have been stopped. And or it at is- least like if not completely stop, at least somebody would have like seen it, you know, and said, mm-hmm. Hey, these are, these are warning signs. These are triggers. We need to, we need to get this person into a different place in life. We said it in the bonus episode. The only thing stronger than a mother's love is a mother's denial, denial. but moms, dads, you have to like look in and say, Hey, Maybe there's something wrong with my kid. None of us want to admit that. None of us want to look no, at because these precious babies that we brought into this world and that we've loved and we've parented. Because no, no the, one wants to see it reflect on themselves. Exactly. No one wants to say, like, maybe I messed up my yes. kid. And fun fact, sometimes like brain chemicals are weird, man. Like you could have done everything right and your That's kid true. still turned out to be a serial killer. So but the 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 effort has to be there. You if you are a parent of a kid who's 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 making YouTube videos and are you, you not watching them? Like you're you they're having unsolicited access, like you're you're letting them do this like especially like 14, 15 and, and they live never in watched, your house. You've never watched one and you these are the things that he talks about. It's not like he's on there like sunshine and rainbows. Like it's, it doesn't sound like it was ever like that. Like after it turned dark, like you should have known. Like how? You, and you know, I know that kids, especially teenagers, don't always want to share. But if they're oh, posting things online that you can see that are worrying, like you can – you can put that out there and be like, I see what you're doing. Because honestly, that's probably what that kid wanted anyways. Look, I'll be honest. I started my freshman, sophomore year of high school. I tried so hard to fit in with the cool kids, the girls that were like popular. I tried so hard and it was emotionally draining. I had so many, like it was, it was awful. And then I met my knight in shining armor, Meg. And like that you called me a knight. That's cute. (laughs) She was like, why the fuck do you care? And it's like that light bulb clicked for me. But I started like dressing like more how I felt. And like my eyeliner got darker. I went through a really weird punk rock phase. And my parents almost 
had me committed because they thought I was suicidal because like all of my like makeup got darker, but it's because they noticed that change. They were like, wait a second. What's it's happening? Like, no, mom, I'm just bone <laughs> crying. I'm trying to be it's emo. It's not a phase, you... mom. I'm emo. It was never a phase. But like it's, you you know, even if your kid isn't sharing, you know if something is wrong. Yeah, and, and if I they do are... think with him, with Randy specifically, there was a lot of self-loathing there. Mm-hmm. Like you can hear, you can hear he gets very angry about people not wanting to help. And like at the beginning of this cartoon that he made, it has like the first 45 seconds are of him just like talking shit about all the people who said they didn't want to help him do it. And I'm just like, yeah because that's not normal like no like idolizing school shooters is not a normal thing and it should never be normalized and I think part of it again I'm not making excuses for him but like he obviously didn't feel love and acceptance anywhere and that's why like I think it is important to have the conversations with your kids because I'll be honest right here right now I don't care what you believe, what you think you believe, like what your belief, I don't care any of that. Your first thing is to love your kids no matter what. You cannot like what they do, but, and you can be like, and honestly, it doesn't matter. Like your beliefs don't matter anything with your kids. You need to tell your kids every single day, hey, I love you no matter what. Because guess what? You You made a totally new human. Yeah, who gets you, to have their own thoughts and feelings yeah, and yeah. hopefully you can like support and love them no matter what. Yeah, because and they know that. And I tell my kids all the time, like I don't like my oldest is I tried like I when I first found out I was having a boy and like I did like the sports stuff and I was like, oh, it's going to be like he's going to because like he is built like an athlete, like he is built like an athlete, You but he is. I lovingly say this, the biggest dork that like he's takes like every nerd thing that I love and like he amplifies it times a million. <laughs> and it really did. Cause like, I would always be like, well, what are other kids doing? Like, what are, do other, do other kids like play Yu-Gi-Oh cards still? Are, are they watching this anime? And like, I finally you don't even realize you're doing it. No, it was a very humbling thought where I was like, wait a second. He is happy. He has friends. Like, I had a great time like later in school and I only had like two or three friends at my school and it was great. I just like it, the light bulb clicked. Like, wait, I don't give a shit what you do. I don't care how you dress. <laughs> I don't care what you watch. I would You're much happy. rather him be playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards in like the bedroom. Than, yeah. Like... Especially after some of the stories I hear. I'm like, man, you guys are like 11. Dude. But it's, the first it's, time someone asked me to smoke weed, I was 12 years old. Jesus, that scares Maybe me. Maybe not. I think I might have been 11. I was I little. Act, and it was hard this week. Like, some big conversations were had in my household with him because he asked me about the school shooting. Oh, no. And he's like, I heard about this at school. Like, what happened? And so I believe in 100% transparent honesty. I... Yeah, he probably is very educated on things that like most people wouldn't. But like, I, I am just honest, and I think that's like a good trait to have. So I told him, <laughs> "This is what happened. This kid did this. He went to school. He shot some of his classmates. Four of his classmates didn't survive. There are many more that are injured. And then we had like this long, like I feel like it was a pretty eye-opening conversation about." you know, you have to be kind to everyone at school. Like when I tell you all the time, like, don't bully. I don't care if your friends are bullying. I don't, if you know, the kid that's like, you be nice to everybody regardless. And I segued, I was like, because you never know who is on the verge of coming and shooting up a school. And he just kind of looked at me and I'm like, I don't want to scare you, but these are things you have to like know about. You have to know it's a possibility. You have to consider that. Like if it were 20 years ago, we probably wouldn't have this conversation. But right now you need to know that in the age of social media, like kids are mean, like kids can be very mean. Kids and are mean or you think they can be. They are. <laughs> but I want to like 
the kids who are relentless bullies and mean. Yeah, that kind of mean. Their parents are relentless bullies and mean. And mean. Because you don't, you, you do what you know. You hear that negativity somewhere. And I mean, I feel like, I mean, he had friends over today and they were just being 11 year olds. And when they left, I was like, Hey, you know, I know it's like kind of funny to like make fun of each other. And like, you guys think like, it's funny. I was like, but maybe you don't make fun of things that each other can't change. Like immediately. I was like, you guys shouldn't be talking about like the size of your friend's ear. I was like, he's like, well, he was laughing too. I was like, yeah, but he probably wasn't laughing on the inside. And he just like kind of looked at me and I'm like, you don't have to like be a jerk to your friends because your other, like it, it was like a whole thing. And it's big talks, big, it's a lot of big conversations happening. And I know this is like completely off topic, but it's, it's parents, off topic. parents have to like, you have to like pay attention, put your goddamn phones down and pay attention to your kids and look, be don't like, come at me like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> look your kid goes to like not a big public school okay but like you're, you have to I make him talk to me to the point of he is like annoyed about it I am like what's happening at school did um anything happen today like uh, mom like, <laughs> and I remember the names of his friends that he has so I'm like is everything going okay with such and such like how are things with them is this still happening and it's it's like you have to like let them talk to you about the really little things that you're like, I don't care about this lunchroom food fight. Like, I don't, I don't care about these like little things. Cause I mean, let's be honest, we like to hear about it, but we really don't like, it's, it's not <laughs> life or death for us, but it's so like when the big things happen, like when he came to me, it was like, I think I'm going to get into a fight at school tomorrow. And I was like, wait, what? Don't do it. It's not, you're not ready. That was one girlfriend ago. It was, but like, it's, so they'll talk to you about those things. Obviously like he didn't get into a fight. Thank God that would not have ended well, but it's, you have to talk to your kids. You have to like, if you're going to have them around firearms, teach them like they shouldn't have unrestricted access at that. No, never. No. (laughs) Yeah. Like no 15 year old should have that. And I just, I'm so sad for the victims' families for, for like, if anyone would have just, I mean, I think the same thing about like YouTube, like if, if you're on YouTube or you're on social media and you see something like that, like being like, whoa, wait a second. You can like just an, like email that over to like a police department or something. Yeah. And honestly, like there are cyber crimes units everywhere. Full disclosure. I think it's kind of gross that those things are still up there. They're not. So they're not on like YouTube channels, but people have like reposted oh, stuff. Oh, okay. I see. Like, I see. They're not. I thought all... you meant like his whole YouTube channel was still up. And I was no, like, no, no. His YouTube channel is not up. His, the tweets are though. I think his Twitter is up with like countdowns and stuff. Cause there, I, read an article about like why didn't they take this down and it makes me kind of sad too thinking that he felt like he had nobody except for this world he made up yeah this that's lonely link to danny phantom it's lonely and sad and scary all the things i was uh this was a listener that turned this case oh like was like hey look at this i was like oh what the this is wild and again i know i wish i could have been more detailed but a lot of it is so it would have been just me saying what he says in the videos and there's so many of them and it's so extensive that i think taking like the hour it takes to watch one of those like documentaries about it is worth it if this is something that you were like i would like to see them or i would like to know more about this yeah i know we try to give you as many details as possible and i i i couldn't do it in a way that made sense i guess because it is very convoluted also and i want to also say like we are not trying to like come at you if you are an avid gun owner because that is <laughs> no. obviously not the we case. just said we support 
started it. It's like, I don't want you to think like we are like, if you have your kids around guns, I'm not saying you're irresponsible. It's just like, this is the last couple weeks have been just so like, look, I'm saying that if you have kids in your house and you have a gun unlocked, I am coming at you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Lock your shit up. And that's not even school shooting. That's you can, I mean, if you or, come at me, I'm going to send you article after article after article of <laughs> little kids killing other little kids or themselves because of it. Yeah. So that wouldn't be a smart conversation to start. But <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> I know this was a rough one. It was rough in it, a sense that it just brings a lot of feelings to the surface. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to be polarizing, but I do think it's important Like, I had never even heard of this, and this happened four years ago. I don't even remember seeing it on the news. I think I – I'll be honest. During that time, there were so many of these mass shootings. And that's, like, also a really crazy thing. It's happening so often that we're just, like, becoming desensitized. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you – you know, I – it's the employee that is, you know – getting ready to get fired or is having a hard time at home that no one knows about. No one's taking the time to like get to know people anymore. And it's the employee, the disgruntled employee that comes in and like shoots up the workplace or, you know, the kid who's been bullied so long or his parents, you know, just give him weapons, even though they know he has mental health issues like those. I thought it would make him happy. (laughs) Like it's so that. I just, if I have to see one more article about like a literal teenager, like that they're like, oh, they were a hero. They jumped on, like, that's not, I don't think that that's okay. No, I don't don't want to, I don't want my sons or my daughter one day to be like, oh, she died. He died. Saving. Like they shouldn't have to do that in the first place. No. And I, Another like people may like think I'm an asshole. I tell my kids, I it, run. Like, well, yeah, like our like when we were talking to our oldest, I was like, if this ever happens, like you don't save anyone but yourself. <laughs> like, you run. You and hide. you run. It is not your place to save people. And I know that may not be like my 16 year old son should not die a hero in a school shooting, and yep. it's just it shouldn't be a conversation that we have to have and it's terrifying like you want your kids to go to school you want them to because like I do think the social socialization is important but like it's it's not isolated to big schools you did the nickel mines Amish school shooting like that's an Amish community like yeah there were like 20 kids in there it's so terrifying I think the two for me the two scariest things that have like, like been a realization to me is one, I send my kids to school every day where I have no access to them. I have no idea what the hell is going on. And two, my oldest is going to start driving, which is a whole other, like when he gets to that age, it's a whole other feeling of helplessness. Like you can only prepare your kids so much. And then it's like, this is like, you're here by yourself, like without me. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. Being a parent's scary. Like it's Ugh. I hate mass shootings. They do. They suck. If you have any big emotions on it, you can tell us about it on the Instagram. Yeah, I I think that it also brings out like when there is a mass shooting, like it brings out the ugliest in people who are very very pro gun rights like it's yeah i agree like i we should be able to find a middle ground here and i don't think that those people would disagree with any of the things we have said i think if you are that pro gun and that pro like gun rights then you should also be pro gun education yeah absolutely i think and if you're not like if you're just like can't take my guns. I'm going to do whatever. No, like that is no, the problem. No, you're not. <laughs> like you're, that is the problem. That is why people who are anti-gun rights are so anti. Cause there are, you have radical 
feelings yeah. on both sides, just like in any other situation. And you like, we don't talk enough about the people in the middle. Like it's either you can be happily in the middle with these. You can say like, I think it should be harder to get a gun than what it is. Because if you're an American listener, it is not hard to go buy a gun. Nope. Am I naive to think like there's going to be no crimes if it's harder to get guns? Like, no, I know. Like drugs are still an issue. Like crimes are still an issue, but it shouldn't be as easy as going to a damn Walmart and buying a gun. I don't think you could do that anymore, but you used no. to be able to. But you can go to like a, like a Dick's Sporting Goods or something, right? I think they have yeah. them at like sporting goods stores. You can go to flea markets and they're like, or swap meets or whatever the hell they are. Like you yeah. could just... My dad sells them like on consignment shops on the internet. <laughs> like, it's it's, uh, it's not difficult and it's, I don't know. Mm. So Randy Stare. It's a, ugh. Yeah, I know. It's such an ugly, like I felt, I did feel really bad for him, like watching his descent into madness in these videos i was just like someone help this kid that's what it i mean a lot of times like that's what that's it what is. it is yeah yes you're right i did see and i uh they this i don't know if it was like the entire state of michigan or just like the detroit area um i think it is the state of michigan required barricade like the lock for their classroom doors mm -hmm. and the company that installed all of them, I guess it like you activate it. It's like, just, it looks like a doorstop, but it like I goes into a hole. About. Yeah. yeah like, it like just goes pop so that nobody can open it. Yeah. And they, that's the school had it. And like all of the classrooms that were shut, like he couldn't get in. So like once the initial madness started and people like ran, that was, he really had nowhere else to go. I do think it's great that he was taken alive and now he could spend the rest of his miserable existence in prison. Or I don't know if Michigan has a death penalty, but I don't know how that goes with a 15-year-old. Yeah, I'm going to say probably no death penalty. But at least he has the ability to think about, go to your cell and think about what you've done for the next yeah. 100 and years your parents can't come visit you because they're also going to be in jail yeah like i just can't imagine going to a school and then being like hey your son or daughter is drawing these things we think they have something serious going on and me being like uh i'm going back to work he is not coming home with me he can stay here like Excuse i'd have been me? like Bitch, take your son home. Get him the hell out of my school. Get him out of here. Bitch, take your son home. Make him take a nap. Get the kid some therapy. Oh, yeah, man, I'm that sorry. sucks. It did. It does like I hate those ones where like we're at the end of it. And you're like, I don't even know what to say anymore. No, I have um spent like I have pried myself away from my phone because I kept reading about this and I kept reading about the victims. And then I was getting a lot of anxiety with like my kids going to school and like. It's best it's, to step away for a little bit. Yeah. And it's, oof, but <laughs> we're getting close to Christmas guys. So Connie has a very important question. To I ask do. You. I have an important <laughs> question. If you are still with us, if you haven't been like these people. By this point. <laughs> I hate them now. <laughs> Please don't. I mean, if you do, like I we can't change the That's way we fine, feel. Yeah. Like we can't change the way we feel. I feel like we're we It's our podcast. We do what we want. <laughs> we can Kinda. teach you how to we could yeah, not like completely. Because <laughs> I I've toned my language down a lot. Like I'm proud of you. That's the real quick, that was the funniest comment we have ever received where someone was like can you guys not cuss and I was like look the first episode I spent days editing out how many times I dropped the f-bomb and I was like I just don't want to do that anymore it made it's 
Also, there's was... so many awesome words in the English mm-hmm. language. Like, you don't have to choose them. All. Mm-hmm. Like, are they fun? Yes. They are fun. And I <laughs> love a well-sprinkled little but curse the word thing. right like, there. They're so much more effective when used yeah. in specific places. That's why I like our spending, our, our uh, cuss word budget. Yeah, I may have went over a little bit this way, but uh, ugh, I don't think sorry, so. Guys. I think we were okay. Um, but I want to know with Christmas is approaching, you may have like gift giving with family. You may have white elephant gifts at work. I have a gift exchange at work coming up. What is the gift that you give that you want it to be a good gift? Like you want it to be, it's like a passive aggressive F you gift. Like if anyone else sees it they're like oh that's a good gift but like it's not the a good person gift. knows that they're that like, it's not a good gift what is the most f you gift that's still a good gift that you give i'm just Ooh. asking for a friend maybe i have some of these gifts i have to give is it socks gloves maybe a hat look i would love to get so i love getting socks for christmas it's like my favorite i like all different colors they have to be like Mm-mm. crew socks i can't wear ankle socks I do not match my socks by personality trait. I don't match my kids' socks. I buy, and I. I remember we did this in in high school, and like when I started working retail, I had access to all of these like awesome socks and awesome sock mm-hmm. companies on the cheap. And now I could never do that, even if I tried. I have tried, and I'm like, I can feel it in my shoes. I'm like I Ugh. just literally buy twice a year. I buy brand new socks for my entire family and the socks that I have not met, like this, the low, the old socks, they become like dust rags and I like clean with them or I just use them for staining rags. I throw them in the garage, but I buy the boys, the exact same socks. Like if they mix them up, oh, well, and I just have like a sock basket and you kind of just get, go to your sock basket, get some socks and that's it. And I can't do can't do it I'm not good at matching socks it's a lot of effort it is that extra and I have like five feet that's 10 socks a day like no my kids if I give them two unmatching socks they'll be like these don't match and I'm like I know I'm sorry look this one has hearts in it and this one kind of has hearts too nope my oldest they won't have it he wore last week I had to be like all right man like it's okay to like not match a little bit but like he wore like a really tall like crew sock which I'm assuming was my husband's and then like an ankle sock and I was like how did you survive the day <laughs> like how did you not like think was he like that? I was wearing pants no one even knew he's like I don't care <laughs> it sucks mom she guess <laughs> that's his new deep voice that I made up yeah, it's like it's good he's developing he's going through changes <laughs> Now my middle son, he, uh, he's the easiest kid. Like he's so sweet, so easy, but he is a freak with his clothes. Like every morning he feels them. If they don't feel like appropriately soft for how he's feeling that day, it doesn't matter if I got him a nice outfit out, he will pick something else that's more comfortable. His teacher probably thinks that he lives like a less unfortunate life because he never matches because he's just like uh I didn't want to wear that today I wanted to wear my tie-dye sea turtle shirt with these bright red pants like you know that must be second kid syndrome because that's how the second kid here is too she's just like "Mm, I want to wear these pajama pants with this sequin unicorn shirt I'm like your pajama pants have Christmas dinosaurs on them Okay, that's fine. Yep, put it on. Just do it. It looks great. You look so cool. I think that's another thing that goes into just like accepting your kids because just kind of let it go. Yeah, first kid, I was like, no, you have to match. And now I'm like, whatever. My first kid doesn't even care what she wears. I'll be like, is this fine? Yep. And she's like, spreads around. She's like, put it on me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, your highness. Right away, ma'am. My, our youngest, and she just stays home with my husband all day, and she's not in school yet. She pretty much lives in pajamas. Like, she may swap out different pajamas throughout the day, like bath time, whatever. But usually she's in, like, a t-shirt and a diaper because she's, like, 
not if wanting we to have potty. To go somewhere. Like if I have to take her to daycare, a little one the next day, then I make sure her pajamas can double as clothes in the morning because she never wants to take them off in the morning. I'm like, you can go in public like this. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. this works. I don't know what I'm gonna do when she has to start school next year. Although she'll like. She reminds me of your oldest a lot in the sense of she really likes to wear dresses. So I can put put anything in anything dress. She'll do a couple twirls and she's like, yeah, yay, dresses. Yes, all dresses and leggings. Yeah, she's not, she's obviously still in a diaper. So she's, we don't do a lot of leggings. (laughs) That's an extra step. If also, if any listeners want to be hired to come potty train my daughter, I will pay top dollar. Big money here. Big for money. People who Just, can potty train. If you have any tips, I've tried everything. <laughs> She's a walking middle finger who is just like, no. I'm like, do you need to go potty? She's like, yes, in my diaper. And it's literally how she says it. I'm like, I'm going to die. Yep. Oh, they're so cute, though. Yeah, they are. They're dorbs. Okay, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for ruining my night. We'll <laughs> You're see you welcome. next week. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, and you'd like us to keep putting out ad-free content, here are some of the ways that you can help support Gruesome. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us, and you get a I knew them before they were famous moment. Follow Gruesome Podcast on Instagram and talk to us on our posts. Engage with us. We love to hear from you there. If you'd like to send a donation, we have a Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and to gain access to exclusive Patreon perks. If a one-time donation is more your thing, you can find our Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and our PayPal using our email gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether or not that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 